Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Henry Krauss, author of the book, From Dust to Dawn, The Vicissitudes of Life. We're all boats on the thrashing sea of life. We rise and fall with the waves and people react differently in their tragedies. This book is meant to instill hope in others. So Henry, welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, Sloan. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, From Dust to Dawn. Okay, uh, I uh, am uh, 67 years old, and I live in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And uh, the uh, my background is I uh, went to Rutgers uh, College at the University of Pennsylvania. And I always liked to write, and after I retired, uh, unfortunately, I went through some medical problems, and I decided to write this book based on how I coped uh, with uh, some of the stresses or many of the stresses of these illnesses. Mm-hmm. I had a kidney transplant in 2011. Unfortunately, uh, 10 years later, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, and the doctors at Sloan Kettering told me that the reason uh, the kidney uh, failed to function was because of the cancer attacked it and the chemotherapy. So uh, I went through that. I also recently was uh, diagnosed and hospitalized for uh, diabetes. Uh, Thank God everything right now is stable, but based on uh, these medical problems and what I had to face emotionally, it was kind of cathartic uh, to write these 30 poems uh, and the pictures. I picked the uh, 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 pictures from on my own from um, from Getty Getty.com, uh, the the picture uh, uh, website. Mm-hmm. So um, that's uh, that's basically it in a nutshell. My idea is to instill hope in people that just because you're given a cancer diagnosis or uh, a kidney, chronic kidney disease, it doesn't mean your life is over and you curl up in a ball like a, you know, catatonic person and say, oh, uh, right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm done with it. So uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, there's a, there's a uh, I don't know if he's still alive, alive a psychiatrist from Yale, uh, Bernard um, uh Shapiro, I think his name was, and he wrote a book, and he said that a lot of his patients, uh, first he was an oncologist, then he became a psychiatrist, uh, one of his, uh, most of his patients who didn't live basically didn't want to live. In other words, yeah. they had other stresses in their life, like take care, taking care of parents or things like that, where they just gave up. So one of the things to learn is never give up. As long as yeah. you know you're 
your breathing and you get up in the morning. Uh, of course, you have to follow the regimen of the doctors, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, ha- you can't neglect that. And uh, I, uh, since I don't have a kidney now, um, uh, I have to also go for dialysis. So I go for dialysis as well as uh, chemo. And thank God everything is stable, and I'm, I'm writing. I write every day. I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, I write on a blog called medium.com, and it, 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 it allows you to publish right away without the cost of, um, of self-publishing. Now, I had a layout a lot of money for marketing for this for the company but this this uh, blog allows you to write and you're writing with very sophisticated writers people who write mm-hmm. for the new york times uh, professors of english so uh you try to get a following if you have a, a hundred or more followers they they start paying you uh oh, okay yeah so right now I have 26 followers. Uh, and again, another thing, if anybody's interested in writing, it's kind of like writing a diary every day, even if it isn't, like I could tell if something that I write will go over well, basically I get a gut feeling. But yeah. I also get a feeling that if it's just uh, mediocre, that, you know, People may not, as many people may not uh, go for it, but I write it anyway. You write it anyway, yeah. even if you have zero views. I have on this uh, website, uh, it's, uh, they give you the number of, of uh, views, the number of reads, and the number of, uh, of uh, followers. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I also do. And I raise money for the Cancer Society because I have cancer. And you've been, I mean, you're, I love your, your attitude about this because you've been through so much with your health issues and, and um, as you were talking about, you know, you chose a different perspective for what you were, you know, what you're, you're facing. And you chose to help people in the world. You've chose to put inspiring and positive messages out there to people in the world. And having that, 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 daily practice of writing like you were talking about it, how cathartic that is for you with what you're going through and also with the intention of others being able to um you know to be able to read that and see that there's there's hope when sometimes it feels like especially with a health diagnosis it, uh, it can feel like there isn't any hope right and don't get me wrong i have my good days and bad days just like a healthy person uh mm-hmm. But uh, an important thing out there for people who are sick to know is to get counseling or therapy from a social worker or psychologist or psychiatrist because that kind of help emotionally uh, helps you deal with the stress. And uh, to be honest with you, that's the hardest part. Uh, um Handling my emotions is, is right. what I'm most afraid of, not the cancer or the kidney. Uh, even though, by the way, I didn't tell you, the kidney disease uh, 
is called polycystic kidney disease. Uh, and they have, uh, what happens is they have uh, uh, growths uh, uh, on your kidneys and mm. uh, it, it, it destroys them. But there's no real cure for PKD except a transplant or dialysis. So right now I, I finished the, dia- the, the, the transplant and now I'm on dialysis, which is kind of keeping me alive. And I feel mm-hmm. a lot better on, the, on dialysis. Another thing people should know is dialysis is not the end of the world. You could live uh, very nicely. In fact, I feel much, much better uh, than I did before the dialysis with the kidney failing. I was mm-hmm. very, you know, so people think it's a death knell, but uh, dialysis uh, is, is, is worth it. And I, I encourage people to do it and not be afraid of it. I mean, there, I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're wed to the machine. That's true, which you, you, you know, which you don't have with a transplant, but, Another thing, people, I was taught by my parents. They were very uh, practical people and went through a lot. My father went through the Depression, and uh, he fought in World War II, and he was the kind of man, this is how I looked up to him, he was the kind of man that, um, and his family too, was you make the best of it and don't, and you be satisfied with whatever you have which Mm -hmm. this generation doesn't have. The great generation did that because they were forced to. Right. My my father was one of six, and they had a lot of poverty during the Depression, and they loved fruit. They they had, like, one orange, and each child of the six would get one slice. Mm -hmm. Now, today, Mm -hmm. today, we can't imagine that. There's so much wealth in this a great country uh people take it for granted yeah that's true that's true and i'm happy to hear you're feeling better and and again i just i love your positivity that you're that you're offering to the listeners because that's such a different i think perspective and also a different it's a choice from from what i can hear you you talking about it's a choice you've chosen a different perspective because there's always the other side where you know as you mentioned when people give up hope but you've, it sounds like from talking to you, you've made a conscious choice to um, look at the positive and choose the positive side of things. And I think just like you were saying in that um, example of the orange, right, we can't imagine that today <laughs> with having to split an orange up, right? But that to me, um, that focusing on the positive side is also something that isn't done that much today. It's very easy to focus on the negative or bombarded with negative all the time. But That's right. when I, when I encounter people who have chosen the other side of the negativity, right, they've chosen to look at the positivity um, no matter what their circumstances is. That to me is, that's a unique person in today's world because not a lot of people choose that route. Yeah, you have a, that's, and this is true in all of life. Because that's what the book is about. It's not only severe tragedies. It's anything that comes up. You have a choice. I don't like to say it this cliche, but is the glass half empty or half full? And Mm -hmm. it's also important to get uh, good doctors that you not only who know their field, but who 
you like. Now, I was at a hospital, and I didn't like the treatment, and I switched to Sloan Kettering. I'm giving them a plug. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, but <laughs> <That's> my, <okay. laughs> uh, my, uh, my doctors there and the way everybody from the doctors uh, to the maintenance people, everyone treats you. They know it's a place. It's a, a cancer center. They know mm-hmm. that people are sensitive and they're sick. So uh, that's also important if you have a problem like this to don't be afraid to switch yeah. uh, 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 for your treatment. You have to feel uh, comfortable. Right. Yeah. So let's get back into the book a little bit. Can you talk about maybe one of your favorite parts in the book that you wrote about or, or something that really um, – you know, that you really enjoyed being able to convey to the readers? Okay. Uh, well, um, I wrote a, I did write a poem about my cancer. Mm-hmm. Could I read it? Sure. Yeah. Go right ahead. We'd love that. So I, I wrote, uh, it's called My Cancer. Where did my energy go? I climbed mountains, ran with the wind, Climb the great oak. Now it's hard to walk. Climb steps. I need stamina, vitality. I sit and can't get up, dizzy. What will rejuvenate me? My heart pumps, although it feels like the blood is slowly dripping out of me. Despite the fatigue, I push with grit. I'm optimistic. Tomorrow is another day. And that's basically what it is. I also wrote a poem about my uncle who also went through uh, uh, World War II, but unfortunately uh, was shell-shocked, and it kind of, he was a brilliant man, and unfortunately it ruined his life, but I loved him very much, and we, I used to go to visit him, and at the end of his life, uh, when he was hospitalized, uh, I would go and visit him, and he was very appreciative that I came. I used to bring him coffee and and uh, and, uh, and and a Danish, and uh, he he had bone cancer, and uh, I loved him very much. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I don't know about your time. I could look, I could read that one. I I, I don't know if you want to want to spend the time, but. Uh, you can go ahead. Yeah, sure. You can read it. That one. That'd be great. Okay. Let's see. Uncle Al. I called it. His name is Uncle was Al. And while you're finding, I just want to comment on that your your poem about the cancer that you wrote and, and that that ending of tomorrow is another day. I mean, again, that that positivity. Um, it, it, I, I just love the perspective of that, of being able to take something that, you know, as you described in the poem, you feel like it's like, where did the old me go? And I'm in this, this new me that, and, but tomorrow is a new day, right? It doesn't mean I'm stuck here forever. That's right. All right. Let me read you uh slow. Let me read you uncle Al. Okay. When we were little, we visited our Uncle Al in the Bronx. The trip was endless for us kids. The apartment built in 1901 was stuffy. It shook 
when the L passed by. Electricity replaced gas lights, high ceilings and windows, furniture from the late 19th century, gloomy paint chipping, sun silhouetted through the dull gray curtains, elaborate moldings, electric fans, fresh thick corned beef sandwiches. Uncle Al rarely went out of his room. When he did, he climbed through the window in his bedroom. He was a lineman operating radios behind Nazi lines. He was shell-shocked, hospitalized in the Plymouth, Plymouth Psychiatric Clinic. His friend was decapitated by a, by a grenade. Brains, blood, and bones fell on him. The rest of the neck were spurting blood. The encrusted, the encrusted body of his other friend was incinerated. A round clump of blackened trunk was the only thing left. He was neither bitter nor angry. He blamed no one but himself. He was taciturn, kind-hearted, and gentle. We'd go fishing together. He showed me his photography lab, discussed his, his stamp collection, his precious book compendium, we became one. I looked up to him. I adore him still and miss him. Oh, wow. That's a powerful poem. Right. He had a big impression on me because yeah. he, he was going to go to Cooper Union in engineering school, but he was drafted. And um, unfortunately, they put him on the front line. You know, he was more of an intellectual. He wasn't a fighter, although he did the best he could, uh, he told me. He didn't talk much about the war, but mm -hmm. uh, I would visit him uh, every Sunday in the nursing home uh, with the coffee cake, and um, I, uh, I thought that if I go to heaven, hopefully I will, that God would look at those days, and that was like the best thing I ever did in my life for for mm -hmm. a human being. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's that's. I love that story, and I want to thank you for sharing with us because I know that's deeply personal, also. Um, so thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Well, Henry, we're coming up on the end of our time, so before we wrap up today. What would you like the readers to, to learn or take away after reading your book? First of all, I would say being optimistic and uh, acceptance, I would say. Acceptance, yeah. acceptance of your situation in life. Now, you look at people and you say, well, look, look, that guy has a lot of money great car, great kids, great... You really... Everyone has... I mean, it's also a cliche. Everyone has something to deal with in this life. Mm -hmm. This life was made for us to have free choice. This world in the universe uh, makes us choose and is not a utopia. We sometimes think like children and want everything to be a birthday party with mm -hmm. ice cream... But mm -hmm. life, life is not like that. The people who think that way get into trouble psychologically or making the wrong choices. So uh, the hardest thing in life is accepting yeah. what 
God or if you don't believe in God, a force or whatever uh, gives you. Now, I have a brother who's perfectly healthy, you know, and I, uh, it's and a sister too who's perfectly healthy. So it was just, this is how it went, or this is how things fell out. So um, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's basically it. And uh, Sloan, I want to thank you for having me today. It was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I appreciate you reaching out to me and spreading the word about my book. Yes, well, I want to thank you as well for coming on for such an insightful interview. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I want to, when I when we get this posted, I'm going to link to your book in the show notes, but I'm also going to get the link to your medium account so I can include that in the show notes as well. So that way the listeners can find that easier and be able to follow you on there. Sure. Sure. And I could also send you they the publisher did a YouTube, it's kind of, uh, um, an audio visual, um, ad for the book, which, reinforces a lot of what I said. I could Okay. Yes, you know, let's post that too. If you'll send that to me, um I'll definitely get that posted in the show notes as well. Okay, very good. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Yes, thanks again, Henry, for joining us. And you can find more about the book From Dusk to Dawn, The Vicissitudes of Life on Amazon. And I'll link to the book in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.